Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. Let's go, baby. There it is. There's those beautiful air horns. We're presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up. And you can bet on all of the action, including the NHL playoffs. I would take the Avs. You can bet on the NBA playoffs. I might take the Mavs. Maybe it's a Mavs and Avs type of year. Um, we'll have to wait and find out. We have a very special show for you today. We're going to snake draft the best games of the Jokic era. Some highlight Jamal Murray performances, lots of Jokic games, some Gary <laughs> Harris ones. I don't know. Maybe a Mason Plumlee game might sneak into, into there. We'll find out. We really have to win all of the demographics out there. Um, we're also going to talk about some news and notes, including the latest on the Altitude TV dispute. Very exciting update right there. And then we're going to talk about Luka Doncic. Versus Nikola Jokic, where are they similar? Where are they different? And to help us parse that out, we brought in the big Serb himself, Voya Medic is joining us today. Voya, what's happening? Oh, nothing much, guys. Still happy, still riding high on the Suns' loss. Not gonna lie, <laughs> that was a great hater aid yesterday show. I, I enjoyed it very much. It's funny, man. We really were like riding high. Even yesterday, we we came into the studio a little behind the scenes here. We were like. Man, I don't know. I've kind of worn off of like dunking on them, like this or that. Then we started the show, came nope. right back. All, came all right those back. old feelings came. It was prime. Back. It was prime hating. That I loved it. It's also yeah. all of it true. It's like nothing was, nothing was fabricated and lied about. Completely. We've true. never lied about anything on this show. <laughs> never. Not once. <laughs> we got one guy that's off brand today. The man with the wind behind his hat, Harrison Wynn. Yeah. <laughs> Are we not going to talk about the greatest day in the NBA calendar? tonight the draft lottery like I we're, we're not gonna give any mention tonight. to this at all when when billion dollar franchises get their fate decided by a couple ping pong balls i mean it's, it's the best day of the year so usually this time to that point harrison this time in the year is when i start to really know who the top pick like we need kate cunningham usually you might be know a guy a year in advance but you usually by this time know who the guys i don't even know who this, who's the number one is there a consensus harrison number Jabari? one pick? The the top kind of couple is Chet Holmgren, Paulo Bencaro, and Jabari Smith. Like I, yeah. I think those are the top three with Jaden Ivey kind of on the outside looking in. As you can see, I'm I'm well versed in the draft. <laughs> huh? Well, let's circle back that in a second. I have to introduce the last member who is extremely on brand today. Although a little black and white flower shirt, but it's like it's like a colorblind flower shirt. There's some blue in here. Um, I'm I really love. 
I really love getting here and uh, explaining the color of my shirt every day. Not That's getting old. What you got to do. We have a job. We have a brand up health. That's right. Um, yeah. Doesn't it feel, though, a little bit, Harrison, this year? Like, <laughs> there's some years where you want that number one pick. You want to know. There's other years where maybe it's, especially if you're a GM, maybe safer to have the second pick so you don't have to oh, be Oh, for sure. It almost reminds me of the Alonzo Ball, Tatum, Markel Fultz year, where all three of those guys were good prospects. Of course, Markel Fultz ended up not working out, but I don't. I think at the time he was a good prospect. And you kind of wanted to have the second or third pick. You didn't necessarily want to be the one to make the wrong call. You, it's easier if you're like, hey, man, we just took the guy that was left. Yeah, I, notice, I how, almost, notice, how Lakers, notice how Lakers notice how Lakers like slid slid under the radar there, taking Lonzo and Tatum's was Tatum was third. Can we can we talk about that? It's funny, man, because Lonzo really did go that high in large part because of his dad and because of the LA connection. It's actually yep. hilarious, especially you talk about an organization that most is susceptible to like the their own hype about their own city because <laughs> yeah. it was like denver had the clear third best player in a draft but he was from denver and denver had the first pick like i can't picture denver being like it's a storybook you know like we just have to take our guy he's from he's from uh, arvada we just got to get him <laughs> but it happened to him what's going on here harrison you're you're muted you're, you mute yourself I think more of this, that stuff happens than than we think. I mean, DeAndre Ayton went number one overall, I think largely because he went to college for one year yeah. in Arizona. Yeah. Man. Well, the Suns did win 65 games. Well, hang on. Let's see. Did They, they did run into Luka. Uh, I know. The Ayton one is such a funny one, man, because you could this – is, this is a story that has gone back and forth so many times. Like – as recently as two weeks ago, I think you could make the case that they picked the right guy because they needed him. They clearly – it worked out. Like, if you had Luca, what happens to Mikhail Bridges and Booker and all these other pieces, you can make that. Then it's like maybe none of that matters because Luca's yeah. actually good enough to beat everyone, and you could have screwed up every other move, and it still wouldn't have mattered, which I guess gets us to our top story today, Boya. Um, I, I, I've said this yesterday on the show. You heard how emphatic I was. Their playoffs matter more than regular season. Yes, it's recency bias. Yes, it's short, small sample size. I don't care. This is how it works. When the games matter most, that's where players can level up or level down. Luca leveled up a lot to me. I never thought he was bad. But to me, yeah. I, when we made our top five, who's the top five players, Luca came with a big question mark to me. Just like, I don't know, man. That style. I was starting to go in the hardened direction of like, I just don't know if that style works or this or that. He played so dominant in that one. I, I yesterday I famously put him in my top three. <laughs> like I'm not maybe I'm overreacting too much. What's that? Famously put him famously, in your top yeah. three. Well, people are still either. talking about people it. Are, people are still talking about <laughs> it. Um, I know because we DM with each other. You were as impressed as I was in in how that series wrapped up and how well yeah. he played down the stretch of it. Yeah, so not, none of the things that he did surprised me. Like that's the thing. That's one of those like the biggest we told you so from Europe and like the victory lap that the Europe market can hold over America right now. Is it like we told you about Luca? Hold on, you're in Lincoln, Nebraska. Let's let's chill on the. Well, I was watching him like when he was still there, like in. I'm just uh, saying, all right. right, Okay, okay. Our place is Lincoln. You're really in the heart. I mean, you're one of us. That's so true. You're like barely Serbian anymore, actually. (laughs) Fair, fair. I, I get that. I get told that a lot. (laughs) <laughs> I am going to need you to tell me about Bryce McGowan's from uh, Nebraska, Boya. Uh, I, I'm doing some draft prep now, and I, stay, I, stay, I need stay, the lowdown on him. Stay on topic, though, because I, I want to push back on one thing. It's not really pushing back. I just want to contextualize this. 
there were people that thought Luca wasn't good. Those the, like there are people that you know like hyped up like oh he's going to be the biggest bust and this and that. Those were the loud like there's always there's going to be every, somebody that occupies every take in the in the universe. Yeah, like yeah. there's just somebody for that. I feel like most people thought Luca was going to be special. Obviously, he dropped to where he dropped, but I think most people thought he was going to be a special player. And then, obviously, as we got into his career, it's like, man, this guy is actually really special. The question becomes, and this is no knock on any player, talent gets you so far, it's can you actually execute on that to get it even to another level? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about this one is I look at that and I go, the Suns were better at four out of five positions. The Suns were better in depth. They were better in the regular record. They were better in all this. But they, yes, they got contributions from other guys. Luca was just the best player by leaps and bounds down the stretch of that. So really throughout the series, but down the stretch of it. And that was the difference. So to me, you can take the victory lap, but this is the, even of the people that believed in him, he went above what was expected. Well, well, like, I think there's a lot of like people that even back home more that watched him even more like than I did. I was watching like, obviously from here to like the early stuff, there was a lot of them watched him live and he was, I mean, it's just hard to fathom that he was, 18 like winning the mvp over there and stuff that's not a like barclays knocking that as like who you know they gave him to like for marketing like that's not true at all like they don't they don't do that uh the thing is like what, what around the draft was interesting was oh they were like oh he has a high floor but who knows about his ceiling these guys have more potential because they're unknown and that was always ridiculous like yeah. like oh trey young and Aiton, like they're not as good of a players as luca is just they we think they might get more because you can like ex- you know I guess exploit some of the talents and like Luca it is what it is, but you you I mean you saw it in the playoffs like first of all the thing is like he's so convinced you guys talked about talking trash after losing by thirty in game five thing is like he's pre- basically never lost in his life like, pretty much <laughs> like he just expects he just lives it like he yeah. went and like he was he came in like first shot of his first shot of his career was like his casual like step back he was fifteen like coming into a game where like. You know, it's like a Real Madrid, like who cares? And then, oh, we're going to win the title and, you you know, win all, everything in Spain and win the EuroLeague. I'm going to be the MVP. It was MVP rising star and finals MVP in, in EuroLeague just in one season. Then it's like, okay, I'm going to go to draft. And then comes in, you know, has one, I guess, lottery year. And then they start going into the playoffs like that young. And obviously last, last year was funny. It's like, oh, Trae Young, you know, got to the conference finals before Luca. Huh? Did we, did the Hawks make a mistake or did they make a good trade? blah blah and then you see now who he is and, and i guess like he's just expecting to do this like he's just so good and and like in that confidence goes like so long like such a long way yeah uh, it, it was impressive i mean it was it was amazing to see how like if Jokic wasn't the one that like destroyed the suns we i got the got the second best thing honestly how many guys do you think not just in that draft class, just playing basketball right now could have done what Luca did in his teenage years. That's always what I was thinking. Like to get the MVP, I mean, to just be that good at that high of a level that early, that's just not like, oh, wow, that's impressive for his class. I mean, that's maybe five to seven guys alive could have done that. There's, like there's a couple of things at play here to me. And one of them is I think it was underrated how huge he is. Like he's Magic Johnson size. Because there mm-hmm. is a level of this of, Let's be honest. The reason that they thought his ceiling might not be that high is because he's not traditional athleticism. He's not super quick. He's not super jump high. He didn't cross you as super strong, although he is actually like super strong. But the thing is, he's six foot eight. He towers <laughs> over like he's LeBron James's size. That that was the thing. So I think people can see the talent and this or that, but it's like 
where does he go? It, it turns out it doesn't matter. He's so it's not just the skill. It's that his physical attributes are actually a huge boost to him. And then one thing I think is his deceleration. That's obviously been much talked about, but his ability to go from like medium to slow as he finishes, which Jokic has stolen from him, by the way, I don't remember Jokic doing this early on. Maybe I just don't remember it, but he does it a lot now where he drives by a guy, kind of stops, they jump and then he finishes. That's kind of a Luca signature play. Yeah, well, I so. think it just goes back to the point that we still not we, but like the Royal, we still doesn't know how to define athleticism and evaluate athleticism. I mean, it's the same thing that that Jokic was going up against forever. It's the same thing that people are going to say about Chet Holmgren. Like the fact that he doesn't have that insane vertical, the mm. fact that he's not jumping and throwing down windmill dunks people still think that's the only way to talk about athleticism well i'm going to push back on this though for one reason this is one of those things that it's a language thing like if i tell you you know that i love pizza you don't be like well you wait you said you love your wife you love pizza too like what is this you have two loves like okay i'm using the same word to describe very different things here it's the same with athleticism Let's not kid ourselves. We all know what we mean when I say Zion is athletic. He's very strong. He's very powerful. <laughs> he jumps insanely high. Like, we all get that. And if I say Jokic is not athletic, we all get it. I do think you're right that we can context- contextualize capital A athleticism and lowercase a athleticism, which would include coordination, touch, uh, deceleration, those types of things. So to me, because I, I see people get upset about this all the time. I honestly think it's more of a language thing than it is anything else. Like we understand when we say he's long and athletic, we mean he's fast and jumps high. Yeah. But I'm saying like in the draft, he wasn't marked as athletic. Like, and and that's a reason why people thought he had a, had a lower ceiling. Like, like that's all I'm saying in the draft, we still don't have a good sense of how to evaluate who's athletic and who's not. Yeah. 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 That is true. I love though we're going to get into psychoanalysis corner here, Voya, because you were talking about it. You're starting to get it. One of the reasons you suspect, because Jokic in, um, when we talk about like the Serbian and not, or some of this, yeah. like some of these things, like they both have it. It's, mm-hmm. it's utilized in different ways. I love your first point that Jokic, it's not that he hasn't won throughout his life. It's just not at the scale and not as early. Because I like this idea of like Lucas almost doesn't know any different. It's always worked out for him. So why would he ever doubt? It's never not worked. Yeah, I mean that honestly. Yeah, that's true. Like, and, and Nicole was always again. He is self admittedly is like oh you, I, he always liked other things besides uh, besides basketball and that and that's also always like played out here with the, you know remember Anthony Edwards had the like is basketball as important to him. Right. Uh, as anything else, <laughs> right. and it's like that's the dumb thing. Of, like, they wouldn't get here if they didn't care about the it's sport. So, so, like, it's so true, man. It, it's again, we're talking about margins. I'm like, hey, am I, you know, am I going home and being psychotic? Which we see, like, CP3 is supposed to be this like psychotically obsessed about basketball, and that's always not really a great thing. Sometimes, um, love with, that take. I also also say yeah. this: there's the Marquis Chris's of the year of the world where you can question, like, do they love basketball enough to work because they don't yeah, have yeah, as yeah, much yeah. skill. They yeah, have talent, yeah. they have natural you know, things, but they don't have skill. Anthony Edwards is like great ball handle, great shot. Like those are the things you're talking about. He, you have to love the game a little bit to be able to make 22 foot three pointers consistently yeah, like exactly. he does. Yeah. And then with Jokic, again, it's because also his demeanor, like you could probably, they probably questioned Tim Duncan at some point too. Like, hey, is he, 
is he present? It's like, yeah, he is. He just that's it's that silent fire with Jokic, while Luca is like just he has that more of like a you know just like a more of a cocky edge to him. Like I'm gonna laugh at you and shake my head and stuff again because he's just used to it. And also, I was like on the Jokic side, like I was on the edge of I was on the side of I don't like trash talking because I don't want to give a reason to the other guy. Just be like, hey, I might wake him up. I don't want to have that probability of I'm waking him up right. uh, because I just trash talk. So I really, really respect people that can that have that kind of self confidence. Be like, I don't care. Even if he wakes up, I'm gonna still beat him. Right. Uh, and you know, with with that, you know, you said look getting used to winning. It's it's just that he's just that kind of. There's a specific personality from that area, uh, in, in you know, in the Balkans, and like his dad is Serbian and like that kind of stuff. He's more. He and Bogdan are probably more closer than Bogdan and and Jokic are. There's well, something Bogdanovic. about Luca though. I think that's I guess you could say ironic coming from coming from European ball basically to he fits so well into American ball culture, right? The bravado yeah. of it, oh, yeah. the the, e- yeah, yeah. the ego, and, and as an actual device, not just not just an off the court <laughs> sort of thing, but like the you can't scare me, you can't back me down. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. give it right back to you. I mean, there's yeah. something about Luca like he's he yeah. fits so nicely into the way Americans treat basketball in a way that Jokic doesn't yeah it's it's funny because I think Luca there's an alternate timeline where he's not like this heliocentric ISO like highest usage in the league guy but when he came to the league he said scoring in the NBA is so much easier than scoring (laughs) in Europe and so I think from that point (laughs) forward he was like yeah I'm just gonna try to score every single time because it's easier than playing any other way also, to be fair, in Real Madrid, he did play with like some of the greatest like European point guards uh, around. So like that also helps sure. just about. But yeah, also and again, we talk about always like the circumstances too. He was also got he got into Dallas. Like that was a pretty healthy organization where he got drafted. Like you know, again, he could have been Kings. Uh, oh, and, for sure, yeah, yeah. So like, which which I mean, who knows? Maybe he's like that powerful to turn around. But you know, we know how Kings are and. He got into Dallas with like it's still Carlisle was still there. I got the Dirk was still there when he was, you know, rookie. So I hate to do this to myself on this one because I think Tim Conley and Josh Cron have done a great job, Michael Malone, this or that. But part of me also wonders like good players sometimes make the organizations look better. And yes, Sacramento has ruined some very good players. They they definitely have. But I wonder like Luca goes to Sacramento. I think he might just be good enough that we don't even talk no, about yeah, him. Yeah, well, he will. He, I mean, Luke he will be coach of the yeah. year somehow. And we're like, what? <laughs> fair, fair. Um, I, uh, one thing real quick, when you were talking about the cultural, like he was more ready for the NBA. One thing I will say is you guys remember Jokic's rookie season where he talked about watching friends obsessively, how great it was. And Luca also has one. Was it the hard rock cafe that he went to every day and just favorite restaurant, favorite restaurant. And he would talk about the, like the corny food that that he loved there. And it's just like, it's the most like Euro vibes ever (laughs) into like the corniest parts of American culture. But I digress. That's fair. We saw friends a lot. That's like, the, they, you know, you would think like that's how New York is. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. a, We're all a, living in those a apartments. TV show yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. That's why I'm, you, you're right. That's why you're right. Like I'm more American now because I just understand like friends are crap and, and there's all the better things. <laughs> that's right. That's what it means to be American. One day you realize friends, friends are not that great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's keep going on this though. We'll take a break here in just a couple minutes, mm-hmm. but what are some other 
some other different. Oh, oh, you're talking about like Luca never lost. Jokic even this year talked about how like he was asked about, do you still feel like an underdog? He said, if not me, who? This is one of the big differences. I don't yeah, think Luca yeah. feels like an underdog. No, no, his mind frame is underdog. <laughs> you know, you're not. If you're Real Madrid in Europe, you're not an underdog. Like if you, you know, they're not even. They don't act like the Lakers do. So it's like, oh, we're underdogs us against or like, no, we're Real Madrid. We're the the royal club. Like we're gonna. You know we're the best there is, and so that that's I mean that's how he acted. And again, like he wins gold in European Championship in 2017. He was 18 years old. Uh, he wins gold with Dragic, and like you know that that country is not a basketball country. They're like more skiing and hockey and stuff. You know winter sports. You know he just won everywhere, and it's it you know rubs off. And yeah, again, yeah, you're right with Jokic being underdog. Maybe there is something too, like that's why they play best, like when the back's against the wall, because like you know, when you're front running, it's a different mentality. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm not like psychologist, like I'm just assuming, like that's it. Just doesn't stop us, boy. Let it rip, buddy. <laughs> it just feels. It just feels like it when you're, you know, when you're expected to win everything. Like it's different mindset when you're approaching everyday like basketball life, whatever. When you're just oh I'm, no one expects anything I can just you know I'm trying hard and then I'm gonna show everyone or like or if I don't no one expects anything that's not right. tragic so if next year they're all fully healthy and and like they're running through the season like then you expect something different challenge different challenges to the Nuggets than they had this year but this year was like we got to overcome this shortcomings but no one's expecting anything next year like oh we have to win because we have all of us there we kind of have to like back up our assumptions you know that, that everyone has of us and stuff like that. if if i'm reading you correctly i almost feel and most of this is just from us talking to chatting with each other mm-hmm. or this or that but i almost feel like you are more impressed with luca than Jokic. uh in some ways so so i i like the that 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 in not the luca shows like that's more for me at least like that's closer to Djokovic than mm-hmm. what Jokic does and like and Jokic has like sparks but he's not always like that yeah. and and it's not this is not like just not you know, critiquing him. It's just what what Luca did yesterday was like okay, basically like Jokic did that to the Blazers last year, but like more quietly. Like he oh, ripped, yeah, that's a good point. He ripped their souls off. You know, they were supposed to win. They were playing. You know, backup point guards. You know, we are, and they have Lillard and McCollum and Nurkic and everything. And he dismantled them and dismantled the the Jazz and Clippers the years before. He just wasn't doing the stuff that Luca was like. There was no like smiling at Booker and all these like memeable things and in, in, in like you know that can go on Twitter and become you know go trending and stuff. And that's and then like the trash talking after Game Five and everything. He just doesn't do that. And I, I you know for this that's my personal taste. I love when Luca does that stuff because that's like that's like the warrior mentality. Like oh we're gonna we're small but we're gonna show you kind of stuff. Do you think Jokic will ever become this? No, I think it's just personality. Like he has it. I mean, he has it's underneath. Like I don't think oh, he's yeah. missing right. it. It just is not going to show up on the surface, just because he. He also like my my first like my like you know kind of like underlining thing there is he's also like the young. Yeah, I think he's the youngest of of you know two with two like giant brothers. They're they they always would like probably like smack him around if he like tries to be that way. I would guess. And, and like, I know, cause I, I mean, I had like, you know, older, like cousins, uncles that like would be the t- same way. Like you're trying to step out of line when you're younger and like, shut up kid. Uh, so like you try to like, you know, get it, get it through other ways. So that's my like final, like psycho, you know, I guess it's like armchair psychologist thing. Like you're just not used to it through your life. Like in Lucas, like now screw you guys. I'm the best. Like I'm going to show you. Yeah. 
All right, let's hit our first break. On the other side, are you good to stay with us for a little bit? Here, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you don't mind, stay with us for it. We'll keep yeah. this conversation going as well as involve you in some of the news and notes stuff sure. um, on the other side. Bruckner's Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They're doing something cool for the Avs playoffs. Game one tonight, second round, Avs. I heard you're going to be there, Adam. Some people are saying you're going to be people there. People are saying it. Yeah. Uh, so make sure to check the Avs out tonight. But also, Breck Brew is doing a cool thing uh, for the Avs playoffs. They're celebrating this historic winning season with people who have supported this community through such a challenging year by gifting Avs tickets to a pair of community stars each home game during the playoffs, even the Stanley Cup Finals. So you can nominate a stellar community member and Avs fan who should get the chance to celebrate at a playoff game this season. Each home game, we will hook up a fan and a friend with tickets, gear to match, and of course, the drink of the season, the Avalanche Ale. Um, you can go to breckbrew.com uh, slash blog slash Breck Gives Back Community Stars to sign up for that and to get more info. And of course, check out Breckenridge Brewery wherever you are. If you're not in Denver, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator. That will tell you where to get Breck Brews closest to you. If you are local, stop in to the DNVR bar corner Colfax in York. Of course, we got Breck Brews on tap and Breck Brew Seltzer as well. At DraftKings, the NBA playoff action is nonstop. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win. Get $150 in free bets if they do. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs, check out DraftKings Same Game Parlays. You can do just that. All customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs. Get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Ooh. Man. All right, we back. We back. Talking a little Jokic, talking a little Luca. Let's get into some of the, Do you have anything else off the top of your head here, Boya, that you want to uh, kind, of, kind of compare and contrast those two? Uh, no, that's it. I mean, and also I would say like the two of them together, I think would be good. Like people have. Really? I, th I think so. I think it's they, their minds. I think they're so good. And uh, it's one of those, again, like it's unorthodox because they're so slow. But I think it would be a really interesting interested pairing would be like very you have to be really creative i think with the lineups around him with defense but i think also with lucas showed like he also had that oh i'm gonna turn on turn it on on defense like people have been clowning me like i'm i'm gonna show you guys like even he has that line in him he just needs to get to the stage where uh with the with uh i guess um athletic training as Jokic did he has to hit that level of like i need which kind of this year he has success so he might not yet uh so he might still like you know come in that last season next season and then like play himself into shape but if he has that tire flipping stage uh with Jokic, i think he might win the mvps like that's my prediction i thought bill simmons had a good point earlier before the playoffs began and he was kind of picking who they, he was going to have take out of the west and he was mentioning mavs as like the sneaky team to do it and he was his point was interesting this is such a bill simmons taken that it's totally <laughs> not scientific in any way but it's still interesting because he's like if you look through history a lot of the greats have a title, a run to the finals that you never expect happens earlier in their year. And you mentioned LeBron in 2007. Nobody was picking the Cavs in 2007 to go to the final. You have a lot of these young teams that just happen to do it. But I'm sitting here watching this and I'm like, man, Mavs Warriors? I don't know, man. Like, 
to me, the Warriors, if they had all of their guys fully healthy, I still think that they're probably the team. But the fact that they don't and they're short so many guys, I look at it and I go, I don't know who's going to guard Luka, man. I don't know. And they're good. That Warriors is a good team, but I'm not that impressed. They're flawed. They're a lot more flawed than I think. Um, yeah. And if I mean, again, if Bronson, Bronson is so strong. Like I love, I loved watching that series. Like first Luka was like, I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to post up Aiden. Yeah. Like, right. Just backs into him. And then Bronson's like, Mikhail Bridges is cool. I'm going to run into you and like, you're going to bounce off of me. It was just impressive. Like that's why you guys were so right. Like you know, and they're like, I, I don't see how Jamal Murray wouldn't be able to do. Oh, he'd murder those fools. <laughs> yeah, it was just I'm funny. Telling like, you, they all look like great defenders. Well, what they if they've gone against a bunch of like, the the Lakers didn't have any guards. Yeah, Nuggets didn't have any healthy guards. The Clippers the year after that didn't have any guards other than Reggie Jackson. Like they just didn't play any teams that had guards, and they played teams that were so flawed. And we're like, man, they stop everyone. Turns out they just don't. They didn't have anybody you know to challenge them yeah. in that way. Like. The guards absolutely ate them alive in that series. And it's kind of funny, man. Like, this is the thing about the NBA. There's too many good teams. There's just too many good teams. Somebody is going to look like a juggernaut because they just didn't go up against their kryptonite year over year. Then the next yeah. year they're going to get to the playoffs <laughs> and play them, and they're going to be like, man, this team sucks. And I just funny. think that's how it's going to be forever, and we're just going to have to live with the goddamn takes that are right. Yeah, that's, yeah you got to live with them. <laughs> if we get our league with parity, the league we want, you're absolutely right, Adam, that it's just all matchups. And every every two years, every two years, someone will write a column about the new trends in the league that will be outdated in eleven months. Yep. Here's my new trend for the league: the first two games don't mean anything in the grand scope of a playoff series. That's that that's my new trend that I'm catching on to. This I, love, I love this series because all these series, like Nuggets Warriors, the Warriors blew the Nuggets out in the first two games. Nuggets made some adjustments. It was a pretty even series from that point forward. Uh, Suns maps. Suns blew the maps out in those first two games. An even series until game seven. Like the series yeah. doesn't start until a team makes an adjustment. How I'm going to use this when Boston goes up to nothing. Use it, please. <laughs> I'm with it. All right. Some other news and notes from around the association guys. Altitude television is the dumbest note of all time. Do you guys remember back when we were like February? There's mediation, and they're gonna get in a room and decide this. And then there yeah. was, and it was like nothing happened. And they was just it February 2019, or <laughs> well, then as well, but yeah, right. every, every February since. Well, we just got an update today from I believe it was Kyle Fredrickson over at the Post that update that because of a the courtroom was double booked or something like the courthouse. Had classic, you know, classic thing. example of need to push so, back a case. It's been pushed back to July now for when they will get in a room together and really All hash right. this out and figure out what's going on. Here's my thing. And this is, uh, what is it, Murphy's Law? <laughs> the yeah. worst thing that could happen is going yeah, to happen. Yeah. I keep thinking, like, it's been three years. There's no way this lingers beyond that. I'm like, it's just never coming back. This is my official stance. Altitude television will never come back. <laughs> well, in this case, yeah. because it's so constant, Murphy's Law would be that they settle it within a day. And like what? Well, I guess there'll be like the reverse, like yeah, because it's like yeah, everyone's what, expecting. What if Comcast? But you're right, Murphy's Law like, no, is yeah. purposely double booking the room <laughs> at the courthouse <laughs> just to keep pushing this back and back and back. <laughs> Do you think they could have that type of pull? Because Do we think might. if we push to the Ram season, Stan will forget. <laughs> oh, if this gets to NFL season, it's definitely not coming back. It's like, Comcast is like going around his offices, like, "Hey, someone divorcing? We got to book this courtroom." Yeah, like, they're hey. just booking up every courtroom in Denver <laughs> in or all, LA. In all seriousness, guys, I'm starting to. Maybe it's just the off season. Maybe it's just the the summer. It's been a great summer of birds already. I'm already like very optimistic. Jesus. Maybe it's nice. I'm honestly starting to 
get get some feelings about this upcoming season for the Nuggets. I'm not saying they're going to win it. I just I'm feeling every day that goes by, I feel a little bit more confident. I'm like, you know what? We'll see what happens in the offseason, but I'm I'm really liking where we're at. They lost the bubble year. Okay. You lost this last year where Murray was hurt. It sucks because it was two Jokic MVPs. I'm not trying to take away from it. This next upcoming one is like, you cannot do it, guys. You cannot yeah. do it. And I know we just had the Avs, who, by the way, are the title favorites to win the cup. So you could say they, they already are behind. I'm just looking at this and I'm like, we cannot do this. I don't care what the outcome is. They cannot allow this to go past this summer. I mean, they're already yeah. getting an F minus grade on this, but you go further than this and it's like, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, you, I, I'm with you. Like the Nuggets could honestly really screw up the off season, but still win like 70 games next year. Like I feel, I really feel like that's where Denver's at coming into next season. And Let's not um, beat the Phoenix I, it's, Suns, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, of course not. Of course not. But I mean, it's just like it's. It feels so silly to talk about. Oh, like they could get it back next season when just it's been three years of this, and it's just like whatever at this point <laughs> yeah that's yeah. where i'm at at least i i don't want like these updates i'm just like wake me up when september ends right is that an expression or is that just a song title? it's a song i don't think it is a yeah it's not yeah. an expression but you, you know, guys know what an I expression mean. now the song was so famous right i'm just like whatever like is it an update or is it done like do we have a resolution that's the update yeah. i'm not saying that the post should not keep updating us they're doing their jobs i'm just saying I don't care anymore. I mean, I care. I just like, I don't let me know when this is done. Let me know I'll when th- this is done. Cause I don't I'll believe th- it's going to get done until yeah. I see can, it. Can I just, can I, can we just take the signage down at ball arena that says, are you upset that nuggets games aren't <laughs> on altitude? Go to this website that I have actually gone to it. It doesn't even exist anymore. They stopped like paying the $15 yearly like domain fee for it. <laughs> Go to this website and tell Comcast how magic. Can we just take that signage down, please? Oh yeah, like, that, that's my one request. Reading these 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 uh, messages. Um, <laughs> by the way, wake me up when September ends. I think a banger of a pop punk song. Like pop punk is the corniest genre. That one's good. Only problem is September, the best month. So, not, not good weird month. messaging. Celtics Bucks Game Seven was the most watched Eastern Conference semifinal since 2012. I want to get on this corner. Speaking of ratings and television views and all this, was, now the, Celtics the Celtics? Are, Celtics are a big market. You know, they're a big market. They're one of the big brands, so it's not that surprising. Milwaukee, though, with Giannis, here's my thing. We're in the year of no LeBron. We've all been told, like, LeBron is the one carrying the league, this or that. He's out. Playoffs have been great. Ratings have been great. And turns out we actually just had our – now, yes, it was a game seven, so some of this, you know, factor that in for what you will. I'm sorry. There's just so many indicators that the NBA is thriving here and when they least expected to be thriving. To me, I I hope the people at the NBA's offices right now are looking at all of this and just going like, holy crap, we've a proof of concept of how shitty we've been at our job for the last 10 years, 15, 20 years. Yeah, you know, you know what? Like you guys said it like you guys said it with with parody earlier. Like, yeah, guess what? People like to not have like expecting Warriors and Cavs finals. And just wake me up when the finals show up when these yeah, teams are in there. When like September and September. When September. Yeah. Like yes, this, yes, people like when it's unexpected. Like you know, you have you, Harrison. You said two games, you, nothing's decided. Like you know, yeah. the Warriors go up two games with Kevin Durant. Like ah, oh, it's yeah, it's fine. Like they lost one game that year, and it was in the finals. Like yes, it's That's more true. exciting. It's more exciting when you have like you know when you don't know what's gonna happen. Do we know who wins the title now? 
with all these 14. Who has the worst odds at the title right now? Is Miami, it Miami, probably. Miami? Probably. I assume so. Aren't they favored Which is tonight? wild because they're the one seed. They're favored tonight slightly at home in game one, but like it's given it was that it's seven game one at Friday, home, yeah. it looks uh, – Or Sunday. But I'm just saying, they're still like it's not. They're not pushovers. I could Miami. What odds would you give Miami to win the title right now, Harrison? I mean, of course, we're talking percentages here. I'd say, <laughs> I'd say twenty percent. That's, but I mean, twenty five percent is even odds for all four teams. So the fact that you're yeah, no, I, I think exactly, they've got yeah. a shot. I've, I think. Really, all four of these teams are at similar percentages, to be completely honest. Yeah. How would you handicap it, Vote? Oh, man, I'm putting you in the most uncomfortable spot. Stay it. Stay it. (laughs) (laughs) Vote, you don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that. How would would you answer that? Where would you? I didn't even have a joke ready. I just just sad. (laughs) Oh, man. The Boy, Mavs are the biggest long shot right now. The Mavs are plus five fifty on DraftKings. I mean, that books. makes sense. Like they, yeah. the Warriors they, are the favorite yeah. at plus one forty. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was Boston. Interesting. Well, Celtics Warriors are, are plus one ninety. Right? Heater okay, so plus five hundred. Warriors okay. being at least betting sense. favorites isn't surprising. Yeah, I was gonna say like because that's the thing. Like you put Warriors to to like low odds, and people or people start getting them. Uh, you know, start betting on them because again, they've been there. Uh, exactly, but that's my point. Is like you have, you have these like it's parity. You know, you, we don't know. Like we, I wouldn't be surprised if Heat wins. Like it would be like yeah. l- less surprising, you know, more surprising than Celtics or like or the Warriors. But it wouldn't be like oh, it's shocking. This is like an unprecedented season. It's like yeah, they were number one seed. They're a really good defensive team. Like let's have an int- you know let's have interesting playoffs. Like that's I think that's the last couple of seasons when we had. Uh, I will more- say. Celtics Heat has high potential for being like one of the ugliest yeah. conference final series in recent memory that could turn a lot of people off from from that series. Like I could see a game being eighty three to eighty, Heat win. Yeah, like right. I, like that's on the <laughs> table for Heat Celtics. Yeah. Uh, all right, last one before we let you out of here, Voya. Um, all four teams remaining. This is a little bit of a, you know, I don't know if this stat matters or not. I guess I'll just ask you whether it does. All four teams remaining were top seven in defensive rating this year. How meaningful is that stat? I, I think it is. I've always I've always been on the – I love offenses, but I always thought, like, you have to have good defense to win championships. It's not, a, it's not an original thought. It's just people proved it over the years. Like, every team uh, – again, even the Warriors, when they were so good offensively, like, they would rely on their defense to crack the teams to, like – get him, you know, get him bleeding. And then they would like get the avalanche going with, with the shot. So I think it's important. I think, you know, you said it, you guys said it before, like Denver has to be in that, that range to, to, to compete next year, I think to be like favorites and have a real shot. Cause you can't just score. Like, again, we've seen like droughts happen. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, the, the Warriors have the loony lineup, which is, you know, so good defensively, but they, they are still an example of a team that, They've got less defensive prowess than they have in the past. I'd say they're here largely more on offensive firepower than they have in the past and could still very well win the titles. We'll agree with that point, Voya. But I get I guess just like the hope for Denver with that core four is like the very best offense in the league is not off the table. And I think when you are the very best, that equation of how much defense you know uh, you have can, can be a little different as it is for Golden State. 
Let me see where these teams were in Not offensive the rating. Yeah, but I also think that that helped, like that would also the offense would help the defense, and that that lineup wasn't bad when they started that those eight right. days and stuff. Yeah. It was I really... mean, look, Michael Malone loves to say your best defense is offense. Like if you score the ball every single time, yeah, you can run yeah. back down to the right. other end and set up your defense. Like how bad the Nuggets are in transition kills them because whenever they miss a shot, it's like you can just run in transition on a fast break and get a wide open layup or dunk and you see how tired chris paul was in those fourth quarters right because he had to play defense right so the nuggets look uh spoiler alert they're not going to be a top five defense next season they're they're just not (laughs) um so they're gonna have to buck the trend and a way they can do that is just being absolutely lethal and punishing the chris pauls of the world every time down right you could also say these two, these four teams are top seven in net rating, which is probably more revealing than yeah. anything because they none of them have bad offenses. In fact, you have Boston was seventh, Miami tenth, so two top ten. And then you have Dallas and Golden State, who we all know would have been better offenses, had, especially Golden State, had they had their guys all year. I mean, that offense mm-hmm. is weighed down by the fact that they were missing you know, key pieces for much of it. So, uh, Boya, thanks so much, man. This was fun. Yeah, yeah. thank you guys for reminding me. See ya. All righty, we'll Good see you next time. Harrison, head to our next break on the other side. We're going to snake draft the best games of this era. If you guys have not been able to watch Altitude all season, if you missed all the Nuggets and Avs games, missed Rapids games, if you're you know missing Rockies games because you don't have AT&T Sportsnet either, check out Evoca TV. It's a totally new approach to TV programming that is less expensive, easy to watch, and offers a superior picture. They also have Altitude. They've got AT&T Sportsnet. You can watch the Rockies all summer. You can get set up with Evoca TV now and be set for the Nuggets in the fall. Uh, so what you have to do is go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. Evoca.tv slash DNVR. Use the promo code DNVR. You're going to get $10 off your first three months. That's only $15 a month for those first three months. Plus a receiver. No contracts. No hidden fees. Straightforward. Evoca.tv slash DNVR. Watch Altitude Sports. They got other national channels as well. Use promo code DNVR. You're going to get $10 off your first three months. That works out to only $15 a month for those first three months plus a receiver. At Lightshade Dispensary right now, you guys can pick up some Juana. Available at Lightshade Dispensary. If you need to catch up on some shot eye after the big game, Juana is perfect for that. Uh, No matter when you take them, this well-rounded recipe will leave you feeling rested and refreshed in the morning. Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies. Check these things out. They offer a holistic plant-based solution that tackles the root causes of sleepiness like stress and pain. It's a fast-acting sleep aid that will have your eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 15 minutes. Where can you find Wana? At Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade. 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. The Barnum location, one block off 6 and Federal, is now open. You guys can drop the code DNVR. Just mention DNVR, yell it out. You're going to get 25% off non-sale items with that code. Shop online at lightshade.com or pick up at a Lightshade location near you. And we back final segment. Kel, do you want to hop on and, and help us judge this here? I know you have the uh, the Photoshop right there ready to go. And there you are. Look at that beautiful face. Look at that playoff beard. My goodness. Playoff beard. Seven out of ten playoff beard. But it's only because it's only the second round. So got a couple more rounds to really get that thing looking insane. 
Um, all right, we're going to talk about the best yeah, we'll games from the year. Now, just to be clear, this does not necessarily mean. In fact, I'm going to mute you here, Kale, because I hear a bunch of background noise. Um, so this does not necessarily mean Jokic games. It just means from the last seven seasons. So it's anybody from from. And actually, as we'll find out, might not even necessarily have to be a Nuggets game. <laughs> but it has to be what? something. Wait, well, what? Well, there's one that might sneak in here. We're, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> that's outside of it. Oh, man. Um, so who got the first pick? Can you guys believe it? Is that me, Kale? I get the first pick. Huh. I'm stunned. I'm wow. stunned Absolutely here. Absolutely incredible. I, I'll be honest. Actually, though. you know, this is kind of like the the draft it's true. That's right. coming up in a month. I don't know if I want the first pick. I know. I was gonna, I'm I was fine at two. Bragging. I'm fine at two, man. Um, all right, let's uh, oof. All right, first pick of all of the games that have been played. Man, this is tough. Man, this is tough. Two choices, pal. No, there's a handful of choices. There's a handful of choices. Man, this is really uncomfortable because of the stakes, because of everything that was happening. I have to go. I think it's crazy because you guys know I'm a Jokic guy and I'm going to go with the Murray game. I think game six yeah. against Utah was my all-time favorite game. I think wow. game six. And it's because you get the 50-piece from Jamal Murray, which was incredible. But if you guys remember the moment, it was right after the the league protested inside the bubble and canceled their games and came back. And the flood of emotions afterwards, the coming back, it looked like the series was over your back. I know they didn't win it there. I think that might have been my single favorite game of the entire era, man. Just was, it was so emotional. Like the entire, everything about that game was just so emotional all the way until after the final the buzzer sounded. I, right. I surprised myself if we did this again tomorrow, I might pick a different one, but that might be my favorite game. And you don't get to that incredible game seven without it. Um, which just was one of the all time sports moments, you know, Denver nuggets moments that I've experienced which then made it even much sweeter when they did it again against the title favorites. Game seven, go home, Doc Rivers. Go home, Kawhi Leonard. Game seven, Nuggets beat Clippers. I'll take it at number two. Man, you know that you know that's up there because when everybody's been talking about this Phoenix Suns collapse, it feels like the party line is to say that it's the most shocking game since the Nuggets beat the Clippers I know. in Game Seven little, in the bubble. Fun little uh, rehash. They really beat them down so bad in that one. I mean, you're right that that one – and it, it, the thing that's crazy about that game is they were down like 15 points at one point in that game. They were down big. They came all the way – it was such a definitive – like th there was no questions at the end of that series because yeah. Denver had to come back. Then they came back, and like you could just see the Clippers losing control of the game, and obviously the series, but losing control of the game. And then Denver just was putting it on them. There was the steal from Yoke, and then the, the Jeremy Grant donk. It just – there were so many parts of that game. It's a very, very great first pick, first round pick. That would have been my pick vote for sure. Um, so I've got to go game seven versus the Jazz in the yeah. bubble. Oh, that was I've got to go game seven. Game. If I made you sit down and rewatch that one, you'd be miserable. All the way I would, I would rewatch it every hour of every day if I could. I, I really win. would. I'm with Nikola morning. Jokic had 30 points of he was great. the Nuggets, 80. He had 30 of 80 in that game. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, if there's two games that like I think of from the Nuggets playoffs, it's game seven of the Clippers and game seven of the Jazz for sure. And then game six with the just Jamal Murray stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm up again here. I'm going to go another game 
against the Utah Jazz. I'm going to go the seven. I got to go the seven. seven. (laughs) Yeah, I got you, man. I got it. I mean, Jokic, obviously, in that game, 30, 21, and 10, and one turnover. And even calling it the seven is a bit disrespectful just because by doing that, you kind of actually forget who the Nuggets had coming off the bench in that game. (laughs) And it was Vlaco, John Char, and PJ Yeah. So I'll I'll go the seven there for myself. The seven is the game that – there's two games that have names – Outside of yeah. like game seven, game whatever. There's one other one I'm sure we'll get to. It's, it's yeah. like kind of random that it was. But uh, the seven is just like, I have a hard time imagining a better regular season Nuggets game ever happens yeah. in the Jokic era. It and and it wouldn't have been the same without the picture. Like whoever had the idea to take that picture. I know. I know. Deserves a, like a banner or like a, a room at Ball Arena named after them or something. Like th- th- that, is, that makes it even more iconic. Trick question. There's eight Nuggets players in that photo. Do you know yep, who the eight yep. is? There's seven Nuggets players and one player's feet. Yep. <laughs> I love that we all know these dumb details of it. Yeah, it's like oh, Michael Porter's foot is in the frame for some reason. Just as a little a little tease there. Um, I love it, it. Even seven. even that makes it like more perfect. These are great <laughs> picks. These are great picks. First of all, with Jazz Game Seven, I think the moment is bigger than the game is ugly. Like it outweighs yeah. that. I almost don't even care that the game was good oh, or not. Are you kidding? Oh, like yeah. that, we ran through the bar. Like, I yeah. mean, that was such a, a, uh, an eruption of emotions in large part because yeah. it came down to the literal last second. <laughs> so this is debatable, but I'm going to take what I think is the second most beloved regular season game of this era. I'm going to take the Gary Harris buzzer beater. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Such a good game. That was wow. such a crazy. It's the early days, man. I'm nostalgic for it. The glory days, man. Nothing is this to 2017? lose. Nothing to lose. Um, I gotta look up the box score for that game while we're talking here. Please do. Uh, it was an incredible one. There was Gary. There was crowd. It was TNT. It was a. Uh, the crowd was so great. We kind of forgot this because of the pandemic and just how things have gone lately. But we forget how crazy a great like national televised game yep. is. Or right. a playoff game or whatever in front of a home crowd. Like we get mired in some of the like Lakers fans being there, this or that. But 90% of the time, oh. the, when you get a full crowd for a game like that, it's incredible. I was a great, I was an lost, lost to history is how insane Paul George was in that game. 43 yeah. on 19 of 26 I remember, shooting. I remember At the end, he took over. Yeah. God. I was in the I was in that game in the stands as a fan, not yet full time credentialed. Couple beers in, I'll remember that one forever. Some good seats. It was real fun. Yeah, that was a great Murray game too. One of the first. You get really hard here. It gets really hard because yeah. you start to run into some games that were really good, um, but you have to really think about like what they meant. Yeah. Man, this is tough. I think one of the more fun games I've had. Man, this is so tough. I I feel like I could play to win the uh, vote, or I could play by honest favorites. I'm gonna have to just play honest by, favorites every time, honest man. Favorite. Honest here, honest favorites, bro. Be noble. Be noble here. I kind of like Jokic's forty at the Garden. Okay. <laughs> oh. just destroyed Porzingis. Oh, and more on my list. Really, really old days. But to that point, we hadn't seen Yoke the score just dominate like that, and we definitely hadn't seen Yoke the like personal taking things personal game that was one of the early ones where it's like all right Jokic or Porzingis who's better and that was like that was the last day anybody 
literally anybody, Porzingis' parents, it was the last day they argued he was better than Jokic. We've rarely had such a resounding marker for like when when some a, a debate ended and that Jokic 40 piece in the garden was one of one of it so that was a great one we also had some really great Jokic plays in that one um man this is so hard I gotta go again this is right I wish I was not first um let me go down my list here wait you go again I have to go again I know yeah it's snake draft oh yeah that's right we've done these before <laughs> um <laughs> let's see uh man i'm choking here because i don't want to waste the, everybody's time i'm gonna go Wait, to um this is a weird one to but it but it's one i remember really really well i'm going back nostalgic again do you guys remember Jokic versus minnesota 20 20 uh 17 it was the first time he got double-digit assists. It's one of the first times him and Towns matched up with each other. It was a high-profile one, and you'll remember it. First of all, there's a handful of really, really great calls uh, in that game. Um, but as sweet a dish as you'll ever taste, it was the first time that Chris Marlowe ever gave that one. Um, wow. And this is a real hipster, deep-cut B-side pick Because right I'm here. going back – I'm telling you, these are both from Jokic's sophomore season, which is the breakout season. And it's the one where he's dribbling – goes behind his back as Chris Dunn tries to take it, then goes around when Towns throws it over the top. He gets 11 assists. Just It was one of those ones where, like, we had seen Jokic make one good pass per game, you know, like four assists with one crazy one. That was the first one where it's like eight highlight passes. They just kept mm-hmm. doing it, full court, whatever. So I'm going to put that one on it. Jokic, 2016 versus Wolves. Chat's got some good ones. This is going to get tough, man. We're going to have some tough emissions for sure. Oh, man um preference all right i was in the building for these are favorite by the way yeah these aren't necessarily like people they're definitely better games but this one's my preference yeah i was in the building for this one this was one of my i mean look i was always on the Jokic train but this was one of my like oh oh like we even we may have been wrong you know perfect triple double deandre (laughs) and welcome to the nba that was a great one oh okay that one has an easy like that's another game that's easy to say like I, i'm looking at this here and i'm trying to think of how kale could write Jokic 2016 versus Wolves. right because it was really hard, his right? first double digit assist what sucks is he only had eight rebounds i think it's something like 27 11 and eight rebounds so he didn't have a triple double but it was the first double digit assist game but yeah perfect triple double what all do you remember about that game though vote here's one thing i'll push back on because i remember him being perfect and I remember him being perfect at like eight for eight from the field. Will Barton got hurt, right? Oh, crap. That was the game he got hurt. Damn it. Yeah, what a great one. Ruined his career. Sick. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just like it, it for me, it's a it's a point in the Jokic, you know, just timeline of like checking in. Oh, he's better than I thought. I put I have this game in that chain. Is this what year was this? Is this the year he averaged 22 or the first year he averaged? Was it last year where he averaged 26? No, it was two years ago. No, so he it was the year before. Yeah, so yeah. he averaged 22. Okay. But it was definitely a leveled up Jokic. All right. What do you got, Wind? So I'm also going with the triple double, but it's the fastest triple double yep. in league history. Um, I was in the building for that and in Milwaukee. And what I remember about it is it was just like perfect offensive basketball yeah i remember a game this season it was late this season where Jokic had like 
20, 10, and five in the first half. And it felt like like perfect, perfect basketball. And I was thinking to myself, he got the fastest triple double in 13 and a half minutes. And he, he had five more assists in that half than he just did. And I thought this was perfect basketball. So like, I don't think that's ever going to be beat that mm. fastest triple double, like to do that in the time he did is, is so freaking hard. Um, I'll, I'll never forget that game. I'll, I'll never forget one. being in Milwaukee for that game. It's a good one. Uh, for my next pick, I'm going headband Jokic game. Um, <laughs> I'm going headband Jokic from this season when he, becomes the first player to go 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists in oh, a freaking red headband. With like, a concussion, just destroying them. Yeah. Yeah. This was against Memphis, right? Yeah, it was Memphis. Memphis, yeah. Yes, yeah, that was the one we were right away. And yeah, it, he gets hit right away. He's obviously lined up to rest that next game in the season finale. Malone, like the most un- Malone thing ever. This is when Michael Malone went briefly into Mike Malone. He puts Jokic back in just to get the record. Like Malone ah, never yeah, does right. that. Right. Like he went full Mike Malone <laughs> right in that moment. Uh, I love it though. Can you imagine though? How look at my shirt I've got on 2000, 1500. Can you imagine if this was what was it? Was it the assists or was it, or was it the point? What was it? Points, right? It was the points, yeah. Yeah, like, can you imagine if he was like 1998, 1,000? He still would have been the first player with 1998, 1,000 rebounds and 500. Assists. Doesn't make as good of a shirt though. That's no. a good one. Headband yoke. All right. <sighs> okay. Did, did you see real quick? Did you see? Shout out Ryan Blackburn, but ESPN put up a stat that Giannis was the first player in a playoff series to um. I got to find it real quick. He was the first player in a playoff series with 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists. No way! <laughs> that is hilarious. So dope. So dope. Oh. We're just making stuff up. This gig gets easy once you realize you're just, we're all just faking it. Okay. Um, <laughs> this one gets potentially lost, I think, sometimes. Falls in between the cracks. And correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but it's the same game. The... Philly comeback buzzer beater over Embiid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a huge comeback. Like a, a 17 point fourth quarter from Yoke. And it was at home, right? At home. Oh, it's beater. one of the loud. I I think it might be the loudest the arena has been when I've been there in the Yoke chair, playoffs included. Like it Kale, was. Can you give me can you give me comeback slash buzzer beater over Embiid? Because the comeback for no, me. No, no, just but everybody knows what it is. Just to get it, just do buzzer. Uh, look, at, look at that. That's way too big. Fine, everybody knows the Philly buzzer beater over Embiid. That's like all right. Um, that game, that game wasn't all. That game was a really, really good game. Not, I mean, it's remembered for its shot. Here's what I'll say though, kind of, it, and maybe this isn't such a coincidence. Kind of reminds you of this year, and that when you watch that game first half, and beats kind of kicking Jokic's ass, and you're kind of like, "Fuck, man, what the hell?" Jokic never shows up for these. All the way until the fourth quarter when Denver's down twenty, and then Jokic just turns it on and dominates, and then they win, and you're kind of like, "That's mm-hmm. awesome." That's that's great. So it was an ugly, like like some of these other games, get Jazz Game Seven. It was actually a shitty game with a really great yeah. finish, really great ending. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the Wancho game. No, Wancho game. No, he, no. Steals, he steals the headline for it being known as the Wancho game. But this was huh. really the seven of Jokic's sophomore season. Everybody injured, yeah. everybody out. We got to play Wancho and Beasley a bunch of minutes. Jameer Nelson's out there. Nobody could miss. It was the Golden State Warriors who were unbeatable, and the Nuggets just smacked the hell out of them. Oh, it was probably the quintessential ball is popping game. Like if you think about 
all-time ball yeah. is popping games. It might have been that one. It just felt like the ball found the open guy every single time down court. Yeah. On uh, Wednesday's show, we're going to snake draft the most ball is popping games of the year. <laughs> <NHL. laughs> the Wancho game. Man, I got to make a banger here for this that's, last uh, one. The Wancho game, that's the birth of Wancho land. Wancho from the right wing. Shout that's out right. Wancho land. Yeah. yeah. I wrote a piece on that. Actually. <laughs> oh man, I, I have my last pick. I'm praying you guys don't take it. Oh, praying. This is so hard. This is so hard here. Well, I don't just ruin my draft. Well, I mean, if you wanted to win the draft, I would say game 82, but that's not going to be my pick because it's just not my it's not my favorite one. Yeah. Um, you guys are gonna this this one you might be a little bit surprised by, but I'm gonna go with game six versus Portland. No, game six versus Portland. And so if you th- you probably forgot some of the details of this game. Start off. You have Michael Porter had 22 points in the first quarter. We had a full Porter quarter. Like Michael Porter could not miss. All of his shots were gorgeous. Hit all these threes. It was like when you think back to what is Porter like try to remind yourself what it is. He 22 points and it looks so effortless. And then the fourth quarter you have to go back and watch the highlights to refresh your memory. That was such a killer mode Jokic fourth quarter. The three he hit in Nurkic's eye, like you could, if you look closely and slow the video down a little bit, you could see Nurkic's soul leave his body, has yet to return. He has been like a shell of himself since that very moment because Yoke, it's a deep, I think he actually takes a step back and drains it in his face, but Yoke made every play down the stretch. It, that was one of those ones where they were close enough in the fourth quarter that Yoke's like, oh, okay, so they need me to play great right here and we'll win. Boom, series over. It's all said and done. Um, just an all-timer, man. That was an all-timer. Love it. Love it. Also, also, it was two years, two-plus years in the making for us all to get to say, have a nice summer to Nurkic. And that was the one we got. Oh, God. All, all right. My, here's my roster. I think I'm going to cheat because Adam took my two. So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pander. I'm going to take December 15th, 2016. Oh, was it Portland? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great pick. It had, it had actually some sneaky, good highlight plays from Jokic. Like the game itself, the date is so important, but it actually had some really good like highlights in it. Were they wearing the white sleeve jerseys? They had the white, the white power uniform. The white, well, the white pride jerseys. Or white pride. That's what it was. That's right. White pride. But that was the Jokic slinger to Fareed, right? Slinger to Joker. The one-handed slinger from the Joker. One of my all-time favorite calls for some reason. I just, it was so awesome. That's the first pass. Like the first stunner of a pass I remember from Joke. I mean, he had a couple of, can I tell you how much this game is like burned into my memory? If you guys go back and tweet and search Vic Lombardi's tweets, he had a tweet that said, Jokic just made a pass that made me spit out my coffee or something of that nature like that. <laughs> this is how monumental the pass was that I remember what other people were tweeting about it at the moment. Yeah. That was the was. pass, the first pass. It's so disappointing to me that he said, I just kind of dropped the ball like I lost it. Because to me, it looks so natural that he was, the way he does it, I mean, it's an incredible pass. It bends yeah. space and time. All right. Um, to wrap win. this up. I'm going, this is just like a total me pick. Like, this is classic me. Entourage. I'm going <laughs> Succession, season finale episode. <laughs> season finale, season one. <laughs> um, 
I'm going game four versus the Spurs in 2019. Oh, I knew wow. The you Nuggets had lost 13 straight games in San Antonio and then down two games to one. A 23 year old Nico Jokic goes into San Antonio, drops 29, 12, and eight with, wait for this. Zero turnovers in 39 minutes to win game four against Popovich and the Spurs. Tie the series at 2-2. First time winning there in however long. I mean, that was monumental. They They lost 13 straight games there. To win that one when you needed it, it was just so awesome, man. That was these were some good ones. To go over some of the ones that we did not include, this is kind of crazy. You could make a whole like three other teams of it. You have King Two versus San Antonio, which was not a good game, but it did feature the first playoff murray moment like him yep. just going nuclear and just nuking them in the in the fourth was i mean an all-timer just the game was that kind of crappy i mean the nuggets will barton got booed at home um gave game five versus utah another one that was a great one now it doesn't it didn't have quite the oomph because at the even when they won that one you still didn't think they were going to win the series but that was the 360 layup around gobert from from jamal murray mm-hmm. it was a master class from him you get Jokic versus the Clippers this year, which to me is as dominant as he's looked. The overtime pass to Aaron Gordon. You have Jokic versus the Pelicans this year, which was another like right. those two games to me are the same game, just in different, yeah. you know, just different ones where Agreed. he played literal perfect basketball when it mattered most for an extended period of time. Um, Jokic is 47 against Utah when the Jazz experimented with guarding him with Bogdanovich. And then Jokic murdered him so hard that Gobert went back to Garden, and then he still cooked him too. That was a great one. Um, that was the I have forty-seven brother game. I have forty brother. I have forty-seven. Uh, you have game eighty-two. As we, I can't believe nobody took it. I think people are going to be very mad about that. But it's a loss. It's more influential than it is a great memory. Uh, it's a great memory for me in one way. Yo, that was the best I'd seen to that point. The best the I'd seen him play under yep. pressure so it was a little bit of one yeah. where i walked away thinking like hey he is that dude for sure right it's it set the tone for what to expect from him in big games right it's a good point right. that's a good point game Jamal. game four versus portland in 2019 um this is one that i had a couple people write to me yoke was great in it um but this was where if you remember game three went to quadruple overtime and i just 65. i was I've never been more certain that the Nuggets were going to lose a game than I was game four. And somehow they came out and won it on the road. And I just remember being like, holy crap, dude, this guy is incredible. I had dinner and got really drunk with Mike Singer and Sam Amick that night. And I remember telling them both to them, both laughing that Jokic was better than either one of them thought at that time. Because they were like, you know, he's surprising us. And I remember just being like, no, he's underrated. You guys are underrating him. He's incredible. Yeah. I, I was at that uh, that dinner as well. Oh, yeah, you were Laughing. there as well. <laughs> you know what? I was there earlier in the night, too, but that's yeah. fine. Uh, I, the London game, somebody threw this out to me, man. This is what I'm talking about, a hipster pick. The London game, do you guys remember against the Pacers? Yoke has the over-the-head pass. I believe he had one of the over-the-head passes, or maybe it was the one-handed lob pass. Maybe that's the one. He, he had one of the no looks, and then he also had, like, an iconic full-court Hail Mary to Gary Harris that game, that's too. right. Isaiah Thomas goes on the broadcast and talks about how he looks like Magic Jokic, remember? So, like, uh, he w- there was some cool moments from that one. Jamal's yeah. got a, a 50-piece with no free throws. And and also the Boston game, which yeah. I was going to put on my list if I had a sixth round when Kyrie chucked the ball into the stand. Yeah, oh, that, was when Jamal, that was when Jamal broke the code. 
That's that, right. that was one of the first instances of a Nugget <laughs> player breaking this code that's apparently oh. existed for right. uh, the last hundred years. The next line in the code winded: <laughs> "If it's broken, you're allowed to throw the ball as hard as you want at straight." Yes, through. that's actually that's a little asterisk on the right. bottom of the code. Yeah. Jokic game winner versus Dallas. You could do Jokic's game winner over Towns, which was right after the game winner over mm. Embiid. Mm. Um, here's an underrated. Here's the deepest hipster one you could think of, but I actually remember it. Do you guys remember when Denver beat Utah at home and Mason Plumlee hit a three? This is like a – and, and then he did the this, shimmy. This thing. So what was cool about this one is they were down two or three points, I think, going into the fourth, and they win by 20. Like it was just the bench came in. It was a, it was a beat down, and I just will always remember that game because it was so fun. Um, Murray versus the Suns, 46 points. This was one of his first big explosions. I think it was a career high at the time. Just couldn't miss. Jokic, a lot of people recommended Jokic beating Markeith Morris this year. Uh, the one thing I will say about it is it was a very memorable game in that one. He absolutely thoroughly dominated him. 25, 15, and 10, I think, was his stat line in that game. And also, like, while I don't want to, like, re-litigate uh, re this one, it really was, in my opinion, the last time anybody will ever mess with Jokic. So there was this one of, like, he beat them down right. and then beat them down. Um, you have the game that was not a Nuggets game, Jokic in the Olympics, when he almost brought Serbia to beat Team USA. I think they lost by two. That was one game that was, like, an all-time. Like, that was an early Jokic is, like, on your radar now. He's going up against yeah. all all-stars in the NBA, and he almost won. No. I, I have one more that's a little weird. I don't know if people are on this one with me, but Michael Porter Jr. in Indiana breakout game. Oh, yes. yes. I was like, that's when it first realized that this Porter thing was more than just fun to talk about. Bro, you know, like, great oh my one. God, I was falling off my couch for that one. There's a yeah, second you can one just, in the Indiana yeah. one that happened within like a 10 day like, stretch or something like that. And they were both like, 90% efficiency from the field, and you're like, holy crap. Maybe he just And you can boil the Indiana one down to one play. It's the step back on the, the left back. wing. <laughs> the if you just say step MPJ back. step back on the left wing, everybody's like, oh, the Indiana game. Right. Yeah. right. And then the last one that was really more of a moment than it was a game, but the Jokic posts up LeBron game. You go back oh. to those early days of Jokic. Those ones are so fun, and that was one of those ones yeah. where you're like, the mismatch. Yeah. So, uh, everybody, thanks so much. This was fun, man. What a fun little uh, snake draft. Our first snake draft of the year, and I think we'd call it a success. Vote. You know what to do with the tweet. Don't you dare lead the lead the voters. Don't I you will. dare from the team account. Lead the <laughs> I will. Who are you going with? Who are you rolling with? Uh, and we'll go from there. Thanks, everybody. Hit the like button. We'll see you tomorrow.